on that rock tonight, Lord, for your truth and your goodness and your mercy. I'll sing of your love and mercy and kindness, Lord, till all men your goodness shall see, Lord. We trust in you, Lord, tonight. Oh, I praise you, God. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Hallelujah. Children is dismissed. Amen. Jordan, could you hand this to Sister Barb for me on your way back there, please? Thank you. Amen. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. <laughs> I want to get right into our lesson tonight. Amen. Last week, everybody was at family camp. Amen. Had a good time at family camp. Good teaching, good preaching. There are DVDs back there on the table. Just make sure you sign them out. Amen. And watch them and bring them back so your brothers and sisters can get them and watch them and bring them back. Amen as well. Amen. So we want to get right in our lesson tonight. We're talking about Christian soldiers as teachers. Amen. A very important lesson. Amen. In Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20, we already know this scripture. Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the ends of the world. Amen. Teachers, teachers, Christians, soldiers as teachers. We want to be teachers. Amen. A teacher is a person who teaches or instructs, especially as a professional instructor. We're Wikipedia defined teachers' education as the policies and procedures designed to equip prospective teachers with the knowledge, attitudes, behavior, and skills they require to perform their tasks effectively in the classroom, in school, and the wider community. And this is important because you got to know what you're talking about as a teacher. Amen. And this is the key is we want to train, we want to educate, we want to prepare. Amen. Those prospective teachers. Everybody, Jesus says we are called to go and share the gospel to the whole world. And so therefore, we've got to be ready. As Christian soldiers, we must teach others how to teach others or what we call train-the-trainer concept. Amen. You are to raise up others. You are to teach others what you know. Amen. This is why Jesus says, The things that I have committed to you, teach others also. And Paul brought out the same thing as well in his teaching. Amen. The command by Jesus was to go and to teach all nations. Some believe that this command was to go make disciples through teaching. There are many methods that we can use to teach others, such as the lecture, demonstration, hands-on, the walk-talk-through method. No matter which method is used, the instinct must be to produce disciples for Jesus Christ. In other words, no matter how you teach it, no matter how you present it, your overall instinct is to ensure people are ready to go forth and teach and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. Amen. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also, Paul told Timothy. Of the fivefold ministry or positions listed in Ephesians 4.11, those of a prophet and teacher seems to be seen by some as not having the same importance as those of the apostle, evangelist, and pastor. 
But none of these positions ranks higher or more important than others. They are all, Paul said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Notice, amen, the positions, they all work hand in hand. It's like a hand in glove. Pastor, evangelist, apostle, everything, all positions are designed to teach others about Jesus Christ, the gospel. When Jesus came out of the wilderness in Luke 4, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to Preach deliverance to the captive, recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So why do we even need teachers? Why do we need teachers for? Why do we need teachers? How do we select people to teach? How do we know a person is even called to teach? What qualifies people to be teachers? Amen. The early church, when you look at the book of Acts, seems to be more teachers than preachers. It seems like they was following Jesus' example to go and to teach. Amen. The fivefold minister, as I said earlier, amen, is for the perfecting of the saints. Amen. The teaching ministry seems to be the one that grounds people. When you teach people, you are putting into them an understanding and a clarity so that they understand what you're talking about. I can stand here and I can preach and you can miss half the things I'm talking about. Amen. But when I teach you, it gives you a chance to bring in clarity and an understanding of what is being said without fear of understand, uh, uh, lack of knowledge. Amen. You, you can pick up on what I am talking about. Amen. Teachers are chosen, as I said, to ground us with understanding. The key to being a good teacher is you have to know what you're teaching. Amen. You know, if a teacher doesn't know the subject, they're useless. This is why a lot of times substitutes in school are just there. They're just there to monitor the kids because most of them don't know the subject that is to be taught, you know. And so kids just run all over the place with a sub, whereas the teacher usually has a lesson plan and an idea of what they want to accomplish. Amen. If you do not know the doctrine of Christ, you cannot teach effectively. This is why Paul told Timothy to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly divide the word of truth. So being a teacher requires you to prepare on your own time. Every child of God should be studying continually, reading the word of God continually to prepare yourself for any opportunity to be ready to teach. When I was in the army, one of the things we always had to do when I was in the infantry was we had to have three by five cards with us all the times. And we had to have a lesson outline on those three by five cards. So if a guy or gal, we was out, amen, and we stopped to take a break, then you could teach them a lesson. 
something of, that dealt with their military specialty. You had to have every opportunity you seized to teach. This is why in the church, amen, we must study and prepare ourselves because we never know when we're going to get, God is going to give us an opportunity to teach. You can be standing in the line at Walmart or Kmart or Shopco or at the gas station or whatever. You never know who's going to come up to you and start talking to you about Christ. And you need to be ready to give an answer, Paul, Peter said, of the every man of the hope that is in you. So you've got to know the doctrine. You've got to be ready to teach. Acts 2.38 just gets us on the road to salvation. Amen. It's not the eternal salvation. Amen. It puts us on the right road. Now, we must take Acts 2.38 and expound. Amen. I can tell you that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name and have the Holy Ghost. But Acts 2.38, amen, brings out about remission of sins. It talks about about the Holy Ghost, amen. And it brings us into an understanding, amen. We need to know more than just Acts 2.38. We need to know how it all leads up to Acts 2.38. We need to know the plan of salvation, able to clearly... Teach the plan of salvation. This is what God wants out of his Christian soldiers as teachers. Amen. When Paul came upon some of John the Baptist's disciples, he asked them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, We have not so much as heard there be any Holy Ghost. So Paul seized the opportunity to teach. Amen. He began to teach them about Jesus Christ. Now, granted, everything is not in the Scriptures that he might have presented to them. But, amen, he began to teach them about Christ. And as a result, he talked to them probably about baptism. Because he asked them, how were you baptized? Amen. And as a result, amen, they was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So they was uh, taught how this new birth process worked. Amen. It is hard for you to teach something that you don't know. You've got to know this stuff. Amen. You know, if the devil believes there's one God and he trembles, we should believe there's one God and rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should be able to explain that Jesus is God. Amen. But a lot of people don't teach one God because they can't explain it. They, can, they don't study to show themselves approved to God so that they can present it in an intelligent way when love so people will see it and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. We have to. The reason a lot of people in churches don't teach holiness is because they can't explain holiness. They don't believe in holiness. And if there's something you don't believe in, you're not going to teach it. You're not going to teach something that you don't believe in. This is why a lot of churches don't talk about holiness. Because, you know, from an outward standpoint of holiness, you know, because they, they don't believe in it. So they're not going to teach you something they don't believe in. See? And so therefore, it's, it makes you hard to become 
into the fullness of the revelation of the knowledge of truth of Jesus Christ. If the fivefold ministry, as Paul said, is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the fullness of the statue of Christ, then everything in the book has got to be taught. Whether they like it or don't like it. Amen. If we're going to move to perfection, if we're going to move to completion, as Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and what? Righteousness. That the man of God will be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. So we have to teach these things. Amen. This is what Jesus told us. He said, the things that I have taught you, you teach others also. Amen. Teaching brings about clarity and it brings about understanding. Amen. Praise God. The disciples even turned to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Amen. They was constantly asking him. And Jesus was a teacher. When you look at Matthew 5, we know we call it the Sermons on the Mount. The Bible says, amen, when Jesus saw the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, the disciples came unto him, and he taught them, saying, amen, and Matthew 5, he says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, the, you know, he, the, what we call the Beatitudes. But he taught them, right? And then he tells them that they're the salt of the earth. They're the light of the world. So he begins to explain and teach these things so that they would have an understanding. And this is why we as teachers must be ready to teach the truth of the matter. To share, show them why they're the light. Show them why they're the salt. Show them why they must repent of their sins. Show them why they must forgive. Show them why they must walk by faith and not by sight. Show them how to live victorious. Amen. We have to be able to teach these things. Amen. With clarity and with understanding. Praise God. When Jesus told the parable of the sword, Luke 5. Amen. Excuse me, Luke 8. Amen. He began to tell them about the sore, and he told them that a sore went forth to sow seed, and some fell by the wayside, and some fell among rocks, and some fell among thorns, and some fell among good ground. And the disciples asked him, says, Lord, explain or expound to us this parable. In other words, teach us this parable. What are you talking about? Jesus used that modern day things around to bring in clarity and understand it. And that's why you have to study to be led by the Spirit of God 
so that you can use everything natural around you. Some of you can probably go back and remember the Bible study you used to teach about the, the Holy Ghost and how the, the water is dirty and use that as an inside man and put some Clorox in it and bring us out. The water looks clear again. There's all kinds of things. Or the egg, you know, a ball egg, a soft egg, a hard egg to explain all this stuff. Natural things, you know. If you look at the natural things around you, like the ants, you can use the ants to teach from, you know, to bring about unity, preparation. See, all these things that God has created out there, the tree, for instance, you know, you can look at the tree, you know, how it goes through its different seasons. You can bring out the gospel by using those methods uh, to teach and show how a tree goes through different cycles and from a twig all the way to an adult tree, you know. But someday that tree is going to die off, you know. Jesus was like a tree, an evergreen tree, right? You know, it's always alive. You now as a born-again Christian should be like an evergreen you are to always be alive. God is not dead. He's alive. See, so you've got to be able to teach these things. Amen. When Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, he came and he says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, but no man can do these miracles that thou do except God be with them. Nicodemus put something out there, but what did Jesus come back and tell him? He just said, you've you got to be born again, or you can't see the kingdom of God. You know, Nicodemus said, okay, well, how can a man be born again when he's old? Can he end the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus began to, to explain to him, you know, Verily, verily, I said to thee, except the man be born again of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. See, Nicodemus is thinking one thing, but notice Jesus immediately bringing him clarity. You know, water and spirit. You know, and he began to explain to him and to show him. And this is why later on in Scripture, at Jesus' death and, and, and burial, who shows up? Nicodemus. You know, because clarity and understanding is designed to draw people to and understand it so that they believe. This is what John says in John twenty thirty one. He said, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you might have life through his name. Amen. They're written. So if they don't hear, then they're not going to understand. Amen. And this is important as well. We must go. Notice Romans ten thirteen fifteen. Paul says, for whosoever shall call upon in the name of the Lord shall what? Be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach us up they be sent? And it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of good things. Amen. How beautiful. Amen. He says, they cannot call on him and who they have not believed. Except they believe he's God, they're never going to call on him. 
This is why Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. So in other words, we have the responsibility as teachers to teach them how to call upon God. To bring them that understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus says in John 5, 39, Search the Scripture, for in them you think they have eternal life, and they're testifying of me. And you won't come to me that you might have life. So you need to get into the study habit of the Word of God and pull out those Scriptures that identifies Him as God so that you have it hidden in your heart so that you are ready to share. Amen. To bring to that understanding. You know, you know, to tell somebody, oh, we don't believe in the Trinity, you know, it does no good. You know, because, you know, they believe that way already. See, that's just like Nicodemus was already converted to a different way. Paul had already been converted to a different way. Many people are converted to a different way from their childhood. Amen. And so it is in them. So until they come to a full knowledge of who Jesus really is, they ain't going to call on him. You know, they will continue on that path that they're on. They will go to, what is it, uh, confession on Friday, walk in their little booth, you know, and say to the priest, Father, I have sinned, you know, forgive me. And he'd do three Hail Marys full of grace and send them on their way, you know. And nothing ain't changed. And next Friday, they're right back there again. See? But if you bring them to a full understanding of Christ and the knowledge of who he is, amen, and they begin to believe in him and trust him and obey him, then we will begin to see a difference taking place in people's lives. Amen. We have the answer. That's why Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, the words of reconciliation, which is the gospel. And we've got to be able to teach it in clarity and with understanding. Notice what the David prayed, amen, in Psalms 25.3. He says, show me thy way, Lord. Teach me. Thy path. See? He said, you show me thy way and you teach me your path. See? And this is why you need the Holy Ghost to direct you and to show you things that are hidden in the Word of God. If Paul tells us that there is a mystery without controversy, great is what? The mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received back up in the glory. Amen. We have to search. That's why the Bible is, is, is a mystery book. See? This is why you have to get in there and just like playing the game of Clue. You know, I don't know if you've ever played it before, but it's a, it's a, it's a cool game. That you can play is really a lot of fun because you got a case and you got to break the case in the mystery. See? Well, that's what this is. It's, uh, it's, it's mystery. So you've got to get in. The answers are here. 
You just got to put it together. Say, you've got to be able to search the scriptures from old to new and bring it into revelation of truth so that you understand, so that you can present it in a loving and a kind way, as Paul said, that we present the truth in love. Amen. And so this is what you want to understand. do when you know what you're talking about, when you know the doctrine, when you know what Jesus is talking about and what he said, you can bring in clarity and understanding to others here. Amen. Because they cannot call on him in whom they have not believed. You know, there's a lot of people out there in the world today that has never set a foot in a church. They've never touched the Bible. You know, you get all these people that's coming from the Far East and all around the world and is coming to America. They haven't had a Bible. They had the Quran. You know, some of them has never had a Bible. So to try to tell them, you know, that they need to be saved without an explanation to them is useless. See, you've got to get to that point to where you're teaching them with clarity, and so they will have understanding of what you're talking about. So David says in Psalm 25, 3, show me thy way. Show me how to teach. This is what the disciples was asking Jesus. They were saying, expound to us that parable. Explain to us what you're talking about. You know, if you're going to require us to go out and teach, then we need to know what you're talking about. See? How does this apply to me? So you have to be able to, when you're teaching people, to explain to them how it applies to them. How does separation from the world? To tell somebody you need to be separated from the world, you know, they're thinking, I, I, I live in the world. How am I going to get out of the world? How am I going to separate from the world? You know, but you've got to be able to explain to them what you're talking about. Come out from doing the things that they're doing that is evil and explain to them the things that are evil or wrong. A good example, we was in Japan, you know, I, I mean, they was nice. I taught faith left and right. I mean, over and over, hour upon hour, you know, talking about faith, trying to bring them an understanding. And at the end of the class, I was asked a question. What is faith? Anybody got any questions? And they would say to me, what's faith? I'm going, you got to be kidding me. I've been, I've been teaching here for almost two hours a night, and, and you're still asking me what is faith. And it was like the light bulb came on. God says, turn the light off. And I walked over, and I turned the light off. He says, turn it back on. I turned it back on. And I told him, I says, that's faith. I say, when I walked over here, I believe that when I hit that button, those lights was going out. And when I hit it to turn it back on, they was coming back on. I said, that's basically what faith is. I'm just believing that it's going to happen. They got an understanding. See? That's why sometimes you just got to use basic stuff to get your point across. You know? A lot of times just, you know, just sitting and listening, you know, asking questions and letting people talk. You know, a a lot of times you'll be surprised what you can do 
if you just ask a question or they ask a question and you say to them, well, what do you think? And just let them talk. And then at the end, you bring in clarity. Listen to what they're saying. You bring in clarity. You bring in understanding. That's what a good teacher can do. You know, people that are counselors, that's all they're doing is good listeners, you know, and they're able to take what people are saying and bring it back around. See? And so this is what we got to have here. Amen. They cannot call on him in who they have not believed. And they cannot believe in him in whom they have not heard. This is what Jesus says, go ye therefore and teach. Because if they never hear it, the gospel, if they never hear about Jesus Christ, they're never going to believe in him. Amen. We got to get outside of the walls. Amen. When you're out and about, you've got to be ready to share. Amen. You've got to live so that they ask questions. Some way or other, the divine revelation must be made known unto us before we can receive it and ascend to it. It is not born with us. And hearing is including reading, which is tantamount, and by which many are brought to believe. These things are written that you might believe, John says, but hearing only is mentioned as the more ordinary and the natural way of receiving information. Amen. Yes, you can read about Christ, but it's better if somebody can explain it to you. Amen. This is what you want. This is what you're trying to get into their hearts and into their minds. Amen. So the key to being a good teacher is to know what you're talking about. Study. Amen. To show yourself approved. It's not hard to be a teacher. Prepare a lesson. What you want to talk about? If you want to talk to somebody about faith, since people always like to talk about faith, you know, go through this Bible. Get scriptures and stories about faith and then bring it around. Tell them what God has done for you. Nobody can dispute your testimony about God and His faithfulness. Amen. Talk about the golden rule. You know, that's a lesson you can teach. You know, do unto others. As you have them to do unto you. Matthew seven twelve. You can begin to talk about the golden root. You can use today's world situation to show how the golden rule is being violated. You know? And bring people to an understanding to think. You see, the overall objective of teaching is to get people to think. See? To get them to realize that, wait a minute, I might be on the wrong path. Oh, I didn't understand that. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, you ever heard the old saying, no, the only question, dumb question is the one that ain't asked? You know, you ever been in a class and you thought about raising your hand because you didn't know, and then you said, nah, man, I better not ask that because somebody might laugh at me. You know, but think about this. You know, the disciples are sitting there, and some of them probably was thinking, man, I don't know if I should ask this question or not. You know, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house and many mansions, if not so, I'd have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, you know, I come to you and receive you to myself where I am, there you should be all of us, sir. And Thomas says, you know, 
We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, well, I am the way. I'm the truth and life. Nobody can come to the Father but by me. If you've known me, you should have known my Father also. You know, Philip says, well, show us the Father. You know, and Jesus says, okay, Philip, have I been so long time with you? Have thou not known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. I say, show me. You know? But there was probably others there was probably wanting to ask those questions too. There was probably glad that Philip did and Thomas did ask and, and, and those kind of questions. See? Because in a class environment, you want clarity. You know, you want to know what you're talking about, what you're doing, how does it apply, you know, to you. And this is what you want to be able to talk about. You know, as I said, faith, the golden rule, repentance. Notice Jesus told his disciples. He says, repentance or remission of sins must be preached in my name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. See? So they had to have that understanding of knowledge what repentance was, how repentance applied, and how remission of sins is forgiven. See? They had to know, see? And that's why Peter says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, your children, and all that are far off. Now, why did he add the latter part? Jesus just told him to go preach repentance and remission of sins in his name. He didn't say anything about to tell them they would receive the Holy Ghost. See? But Peter knew because he had already told them that the promise of the Father would come. You know, he had told them, you tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then in Acts 1, he tells them the promise, which is the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this is why Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, say, is to you. They knew that Christ said they would receive the Holy Ghost. Say, and so the repentance and remission of sins, they would receive. This is like when Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, the wind blow where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming and where it's going. And he says, so is some that is born of the Spirit, right? No, he didn't say that. He says, everyone. See? So when somebody say to you, does everybody speak in tongues with the get the Holy Ghost? Well, Jesus said they did. See? And that's what Jesus said. He says, everyone that is born of the Spirit. Amen. You hear the sound, there. Uh, you can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going. If you look at John 3, he says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You're going to hear a sound. Amen. You ain't going to be able to tell where it's coming and where it's going. See? But you're going to hear it. And that's why on the day of Pentecost, they was all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. See, they was filled. So you could, they heard it. That's why on the day of Pentecost, they said, how we hear every man 
and our own tongue wherein we were born. Perthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phygia, Pamphylia and Egypt and Libya and parts of Libya about Serain, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Greeks and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. See? See, people like to jump way over here in the book of Corinthians instead of staying right here in the Gospels or in the book of Acts. See, so you as the teacher, you have to be able to explain these things. See, because like I said, most people, churches don't teach about the Holy Ghost. You know, they don't have a clue. And so therefore, you have to bring clarity and understanding to them. Amen. You know, a lot of times people get hung up on tongues. Jesus didn't tell you to get hung up on tongues. You know, he used to just preach the gospel. He's the one that gives the Holy Ghost the wind blow where it listens. See, you can't give anybody the Holy Ghost. See, if you present the love of God, the truth in love, people will be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, because once they trust, once they begin to call upon the name of the Lord. That's why the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See? So as they begin to pour their hearts out to God, they see their wrong. They see their sincerity. Amen. God will fill them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And this is what we have to realize. Amen. When we're teaching. The other things we need to teach people is how to prepare for death. You know? People think they're going to live forever. You ain't going to live forever. Jesus died. He rose again, right? There are only a couple of guys in the scripture that I know was translated. <laughs> One was Elijah and the other was Enoch. You know, everybody else cast out. Even Jesus gave up the ghost. <laughs> so unless Jesus translate us out of here, guess what? We're going the same way. <laughs> One day this old ticker is going to quit beating. So we just need to prepare people. And, you know, and part of that teaching is to prepare them how to prepare themselves for that day of unexpectancy. So that you leave with joy. So that you look forward to that land of promise over in the great beyond. See? So there's no, no drudgery, you know, about going to that heavenly home. See, this is what you, this is, uh, Jesus taught these things. And this is some of the things. He taught them about repentance and remission. He taught them about being beware of false prophets, how they could identify false prophets. He taught them about the golden rule. He talked to them about faith. He talked to them about character. He talked to them about love. He talked to them about forgiveness. He talked to them about the new birth and how to prepare for death and prayer, just a few of the things. And he said, these things you command and teach. See? Because that's what the overall thing is all about. We're going to go be with Him. See? And so therefore, we have to teach people so that they have that understanding of Christ. Amen. So how can they call on Him in whom they have not heard? They cannot hear without a preacher. You have got to go. You have got to go. In Acts 8... Philip went down to Samaria, and he went down and started talking about Pastor Parker. That's why you told him, right? Huh? True? (laughs) 
He went down to Samaria and he preached Christ to them. He went down and started talking to them about Jesus Christ. And even Simon the saucer, who had bewitched many people, after he heard Philip talking and teaching about Christ, he himself was baptized. Amen. And then after the Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the Holy Ghost, they sent John and Peter down to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And notice, immediately after they received the Holy Ghost, the Spirit takes Philip and says, go into the desert. He sends him into the desert, and there's a man which is of the treasure for Candace the queen. He's on his way back to Ethiopia. Amen. And the Spirit brings Philip up to the chariot. He's reading in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 53 is, is the chapter he's reading. See? And see, and there's a point of, of teaching right there for you. See, because you can take Acts and go right back to Isaiah 53 and show them the same thing that Philip was teaching him. Because the unit, when Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, well, how can I accept some man should guide me? In other words, how can I understand and let somebody teach me? You know, in the place, it tells us the place that he was reading was Isaiah 53. He's led as a sheep to the slaughter like a lamb dumb for sure. So he opened out his body and he's immediately, his judgment is taken. And who should declare his generation? You know, and the eunuch said to Philip, who is he talking about? In other words, who is he writing about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? And the Bible says, and Philip start opening up the same scripture and preached Christ. See, that's all he did. He just taught him that that passage referred to Jesus Christ. You know, he just took him right back because the guy's reading Isaiah 53 because the New Testament had been written at this time. So he just explained to him, this is talking about Jesus Christ. And he explained it to him, and as he was going on the way, and apparently he began to talk to him about baptism at the same time. You know, because the, all of a sudden, the eunuch says, hey, here's some water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Amen. You know, and Philip says, if thou canst believe. You know, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you can. He says, I believe. Know that Jesus is the Son of God. And what did he do? He stopped the chariot. They went down. And he baptized them right there in the desert. Isn't it amazing? God makes a way. Had an oasis already right there in the desert. Amen. Waiting for him. Amen. Because his heart was already hungry. There's a lot of people out there whose hearts are hungry. There's a lot of people that all of a sudden, I mean, they're, they're coming up. They're asking questions. They're talking. You know, I think I shared with you about I was just standing in Walmart and this lady came up and just started asking me questions. You know, I don't know where it's going to lead. But, you know, I got about 30 minutes to tell her about the goodness of God and to share with her the truth of the matter. You know, that's what you got to do. The opportunities are coming. There's people out there, you know, they're reading the word, but they don't have an understanding. There's a lot of people that are backslidden. They left the church because they didn't have an understanding. You know, but now, as God says, my word is not going to return void. It's going to accomplish what I've sent it to do. It may take a while. Amen. But they're starting to come back. 
People are starting to walk through the doors. People are coming to your jobs. People, you're seeing people. They're asking you questions. Amen. And as a result, the opportunity for you now to present the truth in love is there. You know, you just got to be that listening ear to them and hold on. Amen. You, you, you know, to bring them to that clear clarity and understanding through the word of God. See, let them talk. And if they start talking about scripture, then, you know, just say, hey, let's let's get the Bible and sit down. Show me what you're talking about in scripture. You know, if, if, if you don't understand where they're coming from, prime opportunity. You know, if they're you're at their house or they're at your house or whatever. Just as I'm not too familiar what you might be talking about. Let's get the Bible and see if we can find about what you're talking about. You know, and this is a good reason why you should probably have sometimes a Bible with a concordance. So you can find passages of scripture clearly or your iPad. Now, if you have Bible versions downloaded on your iPad, you can just go to the search engine and type in the words that they're talking about. And if it's a scripture, it'll pop right up. And that way you can have the scripture to show them and you begin to show them in the word of God so that they see it and they have clarity and understanding of what. And they use that say, oh, yeah, that's that's the scripture. That's what I'm talking about. And it gives you that opportunity to share with them the love of God. Amen. So they cannot hear without a preacher. See, that's why when Paul in Acts 17, you know, Paul stands in the midst of Mars Hill. You know, and he see that they're given to adultery and everything. And finally, Paul gets tired of it, you know, and they ask Paul a question. He doesn't bash him. He just says, you know, as I walked by, I beheld your devotion and I saw your monument here, you know, to the unknown God. He says, I'm, I just want to declare him to you. You know, he said, the God that made heaven's earth dwells not in the temples of men's hands. And, you know, he goes on and he explained to them about Jesus Christ. And the Bible says many believed and says, we're going to hear you again. You know, others left, but they stayed. Some stayed, see. And that's how they're going to hear without a preacher, you know. And how should they preach except they be sent? See, and so therefore, part of our teachings is to to share the truth, amen, so that they can hear it. God sent you, see. He said, you didn't choose me, I chose you, see. He knows you have the ability to teach. He knows you have the ability to share, you know. It might not be to a young person or it could be a young person. It could be an old person. Who knows, you know. Whether when we go to the nursing home on the first Sunday, you know, you know, we never know what is taking place when we're singing them songs at that nursing home. We never know what is taking place in the scenes. You know, I can remember back at Christmas time when we went over there and we were just singing. I looked over there and this young girl, she was there visiting her mother. I mean, tears are just running down her face. You know, she was just so elated. That, that somebody was singing about Jesus and sharing it with their mother in, in her mother's elderly age. You know, we, we never know what, whose lives we're touching. You know, 
Jesus knows. That's why we encourage people, you know, to be involved in things, you know, like out here Sunday. Who do we know who we touch? You know, did somebody walk by? Did somebody drive by and see what was going on? You know, and thought, wow. You know, I know the one guy I was talking to, he just kept saying, man, you guys got it going on. Man, this is a neat church. Man, yeah, he just kept talking over and over. He says, I, you know, I think I'm going to have to visit you guys. I think I'm going to have to start coming there. You know, yeah. He, you know, he, he just kept talking about the, the church and, and what was taking place. Who knows what God is doing? You know, that's why we got to befriend people. That's why I say when people walk through these doors, I don't care how they look, how they smell, their color, their skin, whatever. You don't know what God is trying to get you to do. Who's going to make a difference and whose life you're going to make a difference in? We teach more than with just with our mouth, our lives, our actions, our attitudes. All, amen, makes difference in people's lives. And so as we continue to teach here, amen, this month in this lesson, Christian soldiers as teachers, when you go home, prepare yourself, you know, study. Get some of the tracks over there and, and get it hid in your heart and in your mind, you know, so that you are ready. Because sometimes people, today's world, people are asking all kinds of questions, you know. And there's, there's the opportunity that are there that you can present, you know. Don't, don't feel like you've got to give everybody an answer of every question that they ask you, you know. Just let them talk sometimes. Just say, well, we can pray about it and see what difference it makes. Amen. Praise God. Man, that was a quick 45 minutes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Praise God. Right. Yep. Right there. Search for truth Bible study. Amen. It's good. Right. They've narrowed it down for you. They're trying to make it easy. Amen. <laughs> amen. So don't forget this Sunday, amen, church, amen, Bible st- uh, study, amen, discipleship training. Man, let me encourage you to be at discipleship training, amen, keeping our lives in focus, amen, and just reach out to everybody when they walk through the door, get to know people, encourage people, edify people amen and all that we do and keep one another in prayer amen as i said early continue to lift those up that's that you know that is not here that's been here amen because there's so many people that has been here that are hurting right now so let's continue to reach out to to them father again we love you we thank you so much for your goodness tonight lord god your word god may we continue to be lights in darkness oh god and to love, O God, all according to thy will and thy way. You alone are worthy of the highest praise, Lord. And we thank you tonight, Lord. Blessed be your name, God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Greet one another, and you're dismissed in Jesus' name.